welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, a podcast about all things book news and the books we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist here at Booktopia, and I'm joined today by our queen of book fight banter, editor of the Booktopian blog and senior content producer, Livia Frico. Hi, Liv. Hi. Can you refer to me as Her Royal Majesty in the future? Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Your Majesty. Apologies. Sorry, is it Mom afterwards? I've got to, I've got to get the uh, it right. Um, we're also joined by fellow animals in that country, Stan, and Booktopia's fiction category manager, Ben Hunter. Hello, Ben. Hi. And our final guest is well known to many of our book podcast listening folks who uh, listen to our podcast. She is the host of our Words and Nerds podcast. She's an English teacher, literature lover, and self-confessed nerd. And we are delighted to have her here on the podcast. Danny V, welcome, Danny. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm stoked to be on the other side. It's, I don't know, it's terrifying. We are absolutely delighted to have you on. It's it's great. We we love listening to your podcast, and uh, we it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. So, as with all of our episodes, we'll be kicking off by diving into the world of book news from the last week, um, and then we'll be discussing the books that we are reading and enjoying. And then be sure to stick around until the end when my guests go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call. Book fight. Wow. Wow. Check out this. Sting music. That was cool. (laughs) I know. It's a, we're we're technology and the, and the production level is improving every week. I I swear we'll get there one day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll first of all dive into the book news. And if you're listening to this uh, on Friday, 11th of December, the Prime Minister's Literary Awards uh, were officially announced yesterday. And Tara June Winch picked up the fiction Award for The Yield with Helena Fox, Christina Thompson, Tiffany Shelm, among the many other winners. Liv, are we happy uh, with these results? Are we happy with Tara winning? Oh, we're very happy. Um, we were just talking before the podcast started about The Yield and Tara June Winch, and everyone that I know that's read that book has loved it. And I just remember sitting down to read it and then getting completely sucked in. It's an amazing book. I'm so thrilled to, take, to see it take out not only in this award, but countless others it was the miles franklin winner i think it won the i I think it was the new south wales premier's literary award either way doing the sweeps i'm thrilled for her it's a beautiful book Mm, exactly and i know danny you actually had her on your podcast um as well you chatted to her it's such a special book and i think it's one of those books where you kind of your your emotions are right there you know your nerve endings are right at the forefront because i I think the language of the aboriginal people to have that in there was just so beautiful and i think as an australian we need to know more about that and i think you know i think it's happening but i don't think it's happening fast enough Um, Then, of course, it's got the environmental aspect, which is very important to us all and the fight to retain culture and just that that love of of their their soil and their country and their earth. I just thought it was such a beautiful book. And, you know, a book's special when you're kind of reading it and you're on that brink of, you know, you're not going to cry, but maybe you're going to cry. I don't know. (laughs) And, you know, that's a pretty special book when it gets to you like that. So well-deserved and, yeah, brilliant book. Yeah, it's also got this magic of language in it as well. The Wiradjuri tongue is this this special thing that sort of she plays with in her prose and it's it's done in a really interesting way. And Tara's just, she's a great person. <laughs> and, and every one of the winners of this prize uh, goes home with um, 80 grand um, tax-free 
is it's so it's a it's a big gong to win. Um, that's a that's a life changing sum of money for any author. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's it, you need no further indication of of how high her stocks are raising than than the results that this book mm. is stacking up and a very 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 well deserved winner. Um, so we are also getting to the end of the year and Booktopia has actually started to unveil our books of the year within fiction, nonfiction, crime thrillers, cookbooks, kids and YA and much, much more. So with that in mind, I'll, I want to kind of throw it out to you guys. Um, I know that Ben, you've written a couple of lists on this um, and I want to, but I want to start with Danny. Give us your thoughts. What are your three recommended favorite reads of, of 2020? Cause I know you read a lot. So there'd be a lot of contenders. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually, I want to ask how much people read how many books because I can't seem to crack 85. Every year I try and get to 100 and every year I get to about 85. So still a solid number. Um, look, for me, Sorrow and Bliss was one of those books that I sat down by Meg Mason. I sat down at six o'clock thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to just give this a crack. You know, you crack open a book and it takes energy to start a book because you're trying to learn about the characters and new style of writing and all that kind of stuff. And I remember I just ignored my family, um, went upstairs and I just finished it. And I was finished at about two o'clock in the morning and I had to work the next day and I didn't even care. I was like, no, I don't care. I need to finish this book. And I think around 200, page 200, I just started crying and didn't stop. It was just, it was an incredible book. And I think I just really felt it for many reasons. I think the real portrayal of marriage and relationships was really resonated with me. And of course, you know, the mental illness and it was just so intimate. And, you know, I, I talk about my anxiety all the time and how sometimes it's very debilitating for me because um, I like talking about it because it doesn't own me. I try and own it. It doesn't always work. Um, but I just felt with sorrow and bliss, it was it was very real and you could feel, even though, you know, obviously her mental illness was quite different and what I really liked, I won't give it away actually, but it's, it's, it's intriguing the way she deals with the mental illness and, and names it, so to speak, but it was just a glorious book. So that definitely has to be my number one without a doubt. I um, love that. Yeah, it's glorious, right? When you, when you know that you're not getting up for the rest of the night, you know, it's a pretty special book. <laughs> um, I really liked, I mean, I did love um, All Our Shimmering Skies by Trent and um, Trent actually celebrated mm. 200 episodes with me on the podcast. So that was nice. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. So it was a cool. I like that he's a first name author now. It's just Trent. <laughs> There's only one Trent. Is there a bookseller in Sydney that he hasn't hugged? Mm, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, but look, it's got a bit of a magical quality to it, as did Boy Swallows Universe. Um, you know, just that magical dreamlike quality. And, you know, his writing's beautiful. And I love the being set in Australia and, you know, the, the struggle of people. So, you know, it was a beautiful book. And um, I also really loved number three. I don't even know. I think this might have been published in 2019. I really should have checked, but I read it this year. So I'm going to include it. Um, Invisible Boys by Holden Shepherd. That I just loved that book so much. I just thought it was so important for so many reasons. Beautifully written, uh, really raw and gritty and, you know, lots of, lots of sex, but um, it was, it was, it's really important because, you know, he writes from, you know, he said it's part autobiographical and, you know, the feeling of being invisible or feeling like you don't belong or people are going to dislike you or judge you for being who you are so i actually think it's a really important book but also just just beautifully written it was oh, i think i've been crying a lot this year i've never cried over books so much maybe it's 2020 i don't know but i'm thinking oh i'm just another book i've cried over 
I love those selections. It's great. And I, and I could, it, it, no, you need no further indication of, of the quality of the literature, the fact that all of us are just all shaking our heads from the moment that you mentioned Trent and the moment that you mentioned Meg. Ben, are you, are you in, yeah, are you in similar agreement around uh, these selections as books of the year? Because I know you've, you've written a couple of blog posts uh, on, our, on our blog about this. Yeah, yeah. Trent and Meg are, are certainly um, in the mix. They are, they are terrific um, new Australian books. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I love? Um, I've loved a stack of things, uh, and it's very <laughs> precarious to try and nail down just a, a couple. Um, so I'll, I'll say some different ones. Um, uh, and an obvious one is Richard Flanagan, the living sea of waking dreams. That is a phenomenal undertaking that book. It's, it's small, it's weird, it's devastating. And it's, um, it's strangely hopeful, this novel. Uh, it's about a woman in Tasmania, uh, and she is uh, she's returning to spend time with her mother, who is dying, and is at such a stage of dying that she should almost already be dead. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, her and her siblings uh, refuse to sort of let that happen, and they uh, pressure <laughs> they pressure the medical establishment to intervene and, and, and make prolong her mother's suffering. Uh, so that's the, yeah, that's the difficult thing right there. And, and as this is happening, the whole country is on fire. So it's a very timely book. Um, uh, it's, it, and then it just gets weird and, and strange from there. Uh, it's yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal thing that just, for me, it just captured the catastrophe of our culture and our, our world, our environment, um, in a really perceptive way that I could have never imagined before. Um, another book that also captured the ecological catastrophe of our moment uh, is Charlotte McConaughey's The Last Migration. That is a really potent book. Um, if, if you ever read anything about um, climate change, uh, read that book. It's, it's, a, it's about a, a woman who's on this madcap adventure um, to track Arctic terns um, in a world in which birds are just dying <laughs> and the oceans are empty. Um, uh, and it is a really personal and introspective novel, just like Richard's. Um, but it makes you think about something that is global and something um, that is, that affects us all. So that's, yeah, that's, that's something. Um, Another another novel that uh, makes you uh, reassess the world you live in um, in, a, in a really exciting way would be Laura Jean McKay's The Animals in That Country, uh, which, again, is a really weird book. I'm a fan of the weird stuff, Nick. Um, <laughs> this, this, this novel concerns um, a pandemic. It was written before our current pandemic. Uh, this pandemic is much more exciting because uh, it sweeps the nation. And when people get sick, they begin to uh, understand a language from different species, from animals. Uh, and you know, it, it sort of morphs into a strange road trip novel, apocalyptic road trip novel with this elderly woman uh, <laughs> and, and a dingo um, on a journey across the nation to, to save family it's 
it's wild and it's just a huge feat of imagination. I love it. Yeah. I love them all. And that's, that's just, they're just three of many. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember we had Laura on our pod, on, we both chatted to her on the podcast and I just loved this book. I loved that book that we had and just the, the place that you found yourself in. And as you know, as that, as the, everything seemed to break down the entire reality and, and way you experienced reality broke down. It was an incredible book. Um, I'll quickly throw to you, Liv, but um, just to be aware, just to, cause I'm aware for time. Um, what were some of the books that uh, stuck out for you? Oh, um, all the ones that I loved this year haven't really appeared on our best of 2020 lists, but they're all kind of weird and dark and witchy and involved like horrible women doing terrible things. Um, um, a book that everyone on the podcast knows that I've loved is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell, um, which is the one about the death of Shakespeare's son. Um, such a beautiful novel. I don't need to talk about it anymore. Just go out and read it if you haven't already. I also loved The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. That was like just a standout for me and I love her writing. Um, so it was wonderful to jump back into her world. Um, another that I haven't heard much buzz about in Australia, but I really loved because it was just so beautifully and lusciously written, uh, was Hex by Rebecca Dynastine Knight. Um, just a really bizarre kind of campus novel about an obsessive botany student who starts collecting all these poisonous plants in her New York apartment. Just gorgeously written. If you haven't, if you're looking for a kind of left of center, but beautifully written book, I would recommend that one. Um, and I know I'm short of time, so I'm just going to throw three more out there that I really loved. Sisters by Daisy Johnston, uh, short but sharp and unbearably wicked, with a wonderful read. Uh, I also loved Exciting Times by Nisha Dolan. Um, very dry, very funny, but also heart-wrenching underneath it all. Um, and finally, I really liked My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Um, just such an interesting and also deeply emotional look at ship between a teenage girl and her English teacher and how it was, you know, not really a relationship but more of a, a case of predator and prey. Um, yeah, those, I think those are my top six of the year. <laughs> it's always funny how like a top three a top three always devolves into a top six um and it well, goes to show that go into blurbs for each of them <laughs> it goes to show that even in the time of covid we, we're lucky to have been graced with some fantastic pieces of literature over the course of this year um just because i'm aware of time we'll, we'll move on to our last news piece which is another announcement from ultimo press um they've announced their first book um a forthcoming debut novel uh, novel from author and director hannah bent which will be titled where th when things are alive they hum so um we've been covering you know ultimo ultimo press um over the last few weeks and i kind of want to throw to you last uh does this uh with this with the sound of books actually coming in is it looking a lot more exciting about exactly what they have planned in store next oh i'm i'm, I'm excited for this um i'm certainly excited to see everything they do Mm. Um, had it been, it's a, it's a debut novel. Um, it sounds excellent. Uh, the blurb says it's set in Hong Kong, London, and China in the year 2000. Um, and it's about two sisters and the lengths that they'll go to, to save one another. Uh, it was the authors received some fellowships and has done some journalism before. She sounds incredible. Um, and the, the book's been published by, uh, an author, uh, a publisher called Alex Craig, who's, who's a former of Picador. Um, and, and when she was there, she would have been working on novels 
like um, Hannah Kent's burial rites and Emily Maguire's an isolated insulin. And um, so there's, there's, there's a wealth of talent there. So she's got a very high standard. So I've, I've got big expectations of, of this um, uh, first book from her um, in this brand new publisher. So that one's going to come out in spring 2021, the press release says. So one to watch out for. Yeah, exactly. And it is interesting to see uh, as more uh, as more of these announcements uh, are, uh, take place, uh, what Ultimo in their first year will look like, um, which will be very exciting. Um, so let's move on to the books that we are reading. And I will throw to our guest first. Uh, Danny, what have you been enjoying uh, over the last couple of weeks? Mm, so many things. And this was this was actually harder than um, the favourite books, I think. <laughs> Um, cause I've been reading a lot. I've been doing this year about four or five interviews a week, which is crazy. And I can't do that anymore cause I sometimes need to sleep, but, um, I've just finished hideout by Jack Heath, the Timothy Blake, uh, trilogy. Uh, and I just, I love that book. I think it's, I know it's gruesome, but it's fun as well. You know, like it's fun and the voice of Timothy is amazing. Um, and it really does explore, you know, what, how we can control our compulsions and if we can, and that kind of self-loathing. So I really like the cynical voice of Timothy Blake. And then I thought, um, you know, just for something a bit different, because I think you need to read, you know, lots of books and make it diverse. I've also started reading um, The Champagne War by Fiona McIntosh, which is very different. So I love going from, you know, cannibals to uh, historical fiction with a <laughs> female protagonist who changes the world. <laughs> and then I've also started The Fire Star by A.L. Tate. So I actually love reading multiple books at once because I feel like you've got to be in the mood for some things, you know, I don't want to say sometimes I'm in the mood for cannibalism, but sometimes you're in the mood for some <laughs> gore or some, some crime. And then sometimes you're in the mood for something a bit lighter or a bit different. So they're the three that I have either just finished or am just about to get started on. So um, yeah, quite diverse, but I, I love all of their work. And um, I've read some of Fiona McIntosh's work before, and I just really love how she takes you away, you know, to these amazing countries and her, her hair, ones are always these amazing women who do these wonderful things against all odds and go against the grain no matter what context um, they come from so yeah but I've, I've just really I really love I really love picture books as well um, as an English teacher I used to take picture books into the year 12 classroom because I think there's just so much depth and breadth to them so the two picture books that I have um, just sort of finished reading, and they don't take very long, but I always go back to them a number of times. I loved um, Finding Francois by Gus Gordon. I just thought that was just a delightful and sweet book about friendship and his illustrations are just beautiful. And of course, um, When We Say Black Lives Matter by Maxine Vanima Clark, I just thought it was obviously very timely, but a very important book because you do hear a lot of rhetoric about you know, Black Lives Matter, and this really puts it into context and, and I guess is educational in a, in a really nice way and the, the illustrations are beautiful. And, you know, I always think you need to um, educate our young people well. It's really interesting and, and this touches on, a, on a, a question that I actually was thinking of asking you about, you know, particularly kids' books. We've really noticed there's been a lot of kids' books this year that have really sort of taken that angle of tackling what are actually quite difficult topics, but doing it in a way that's full of a lot of grace and a lot of um, understanding. And like, have you noticed this change in, in children's, particularly children's books as well, that finds that yeah. we find so interesting, particularly over the course of this year? 
Absolutely. I think, um, I think it's really important though. You know, I don't want, I don't, I don't think we should ever underestimate our young people because they can understand things. We just need to put it in a context in which they understand. And, you know, I think it's important to teach our kids at whatever age, you know, about marriage equality, about uh, Black Lives Matter, about all these issues that some people think, you know, might be too heavy or controversial. They're not because it's life. And as long as you put it within a context, they can understand. I mean, I have two young children myself and they've known about marriage equality ever since they were born because we've just talked about it because it's important for them to grow up thinking that this is completely the world we live in and you know you never judge a person by anything but their character so yeah i think particularly 2020 i think kids books they need to not only you, they need to be read in different ways so you need to be able to pick up a book and just read it for its you know delight and joy because that's okay too but then if you read it again or if you pick it up again, then you need to also be able to read it at a different sort of level and go, oh, you know, I picked up this or I can learn this from it without it being didactic, if that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's just I, I've loved some of the educational angles mm. and approaches that they've taken to those themes, uh, particularly, you know, potentially quite confronting and difficult themes. And it's wonderful to see so many books going down that route. What a great selection of books. Thanks, Dave. That's great. Um, I'll throw to you, Ben, uh, because I know that you are a fiction oh. devourer. Well, no, I don't say that. <laughs> How many books follow. do you read, Ben, a year? No, no, no. I'm not even going to answer that. That's um, I read a, a pathetic amount of books compared to you. Oh, That's, come on. I'm, 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 I'm measurably impressed that you read all three of those that, that at once uh, and some picture books. I would just have, I wouldn't have cannibals just invading um, <laughs> the the west of France if. Um, <laughs> If I was trying to read Fiona Macintosh in a decade at the same time, I think it must awesome. be the the English. It must be the English teacher though, because if you teach multiple classes from seven to twelve, you're always reading multiple books, and you have to be able to teach them. And so I, I don't know. Maybe it's that fragmented mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> probably that. <laughs> um, I I've been doing all this time reflecting on the books of 2020. Um, and it's also been Christmas at um, Australia's fastest growing book retailer. So I've, uh, <laughs> I've been very busy. Uh, there is one book I um, uh, have been, uh, I've saved. I've wanted to read it uh, at the start of December. Uh, and that's Ali Smith's Summer. Uh, summer. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, uh, Liv uh, summed it up very neatly for me and said, uh, if you like yeah. spring, you'll enjoy summer. I thought that was a great review. It's better <laughs> than anything that's ever written for our blog. Oh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, um, that's uh, disservice to yourself. You're an excellent writer. Ali Smith is phenomenal. Um, she has just a way of um, going places and she doesn't wait for you to catch up. She just goes and uh, it's a wild ride. It's a feat of imagination. It's very emotional. It's um, powerful, powerful stuff. Don't ask me to explain it, what, what happens and what it's about, because I'll just stuff it up <laughs> and undersell it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the thick of it, and it's wonderful. Awesome. I always love it. It's it, whenever you pick on like a, a certain book that just hits you at the right point. Like this is the book that yeah. you need to listen to at this time. It's perfect. And if you, and if you're in that, that mood, then this, it, it becomes even more uh, impactful in terms of the actual writing and the actual way that it 
it you consume it and process it in new ways which i think is oh awesome. yeah i'm a big fan of slow reading um, <laughs> <laughs> um i've also been um soothing myself a lot recently um through the trauma of christmas retail um with uh um, with alexander mccall smith uh, i had him on the podcast and that was just um unreal because he's such a special human being he's just so smart and so multi-talented and so well traveled uh all in one package of a man human uh he's just cool um but yeah i've been doing audiobooks of, of some of his his titles um and yeah they're just they're just wonderful he's got this beautiful register in which he writes in um especially little birdie in um the Scotland Street series. Um, I love those. They're so sweet. Um, I also just adore um, Elizabeth Dolhousie. Um, uh, if you don't know, Elizabeth Dolhousie is is uh, editor of a um, like a philosophy uh, literary journal. Um, very intelligent uh, person uh, who has this kind of big socialite life in Edinburgh. Um, but then she runs into all these wonderful small domestic troubles and just involves herself in innumerable um, parts of strangers' lives uh, as she tries to get about her day. And you'd think, you know, a philosophy type would just be sitting alone in an office reading all the time, but she's not. She's out there doing stuff. and But she applies this very literary mind to something and it's uh, this delightful... Um, it's this delightful intersection of uh, high art thinking in a very um, cozy commercial fiction prose that just uh, delights me and uh, delights lots of readers around the world. What a great pick. I love, uh, and I love, I love um, Alexander McCall Smith. Just the sheer volume of stuff that he puts out is incredible. And yes. Yeah. And his intention, even in that, his attention to detail and the fact that he, when he was on the podcast, he mentioned that he still, that he writes a ridiculous amount every day, um, never ceases to amaze me uh, about the work that he does. Um, Liv, what have you been enjoying uh, over the last, uh, last couple of weeks? It's a real mixed bag over here. Um, I finished just last night a book, which I took a long time getting to, and it's a very popular YA fantasy novel. Um, that the first time I tried to read, I hated it and put it down and was like, I'm never going to read this again. Um, and I was recently clearing out my bookshelf for a charity run. And I went to my flatmate Lizzie's room and I was like, do you want any of these books? And she picked out a few and she read this one. And then like two days later came back and was like, do you have the next one? And I was like, no, I don't. And that book is The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Um, with such a ringing endorsement from my flatmate, I decided to give it another try. And I really enjoyed this. It's like, it tells the story of like a young teenager who, when she was a small child, uh, her parents were murdered in front of her by this vengeful fairy. And she was kidnapped and brought back to fairyland and raised by her parents' murderer. It's very complex and involved and there's a lot more to the story but I won't go too much into it now. And it's just about her trying to deal with the political machinations of this awful fairy court that she lives in but can't like draw herself away from um and what i loved about it was first of all the plot there was so many things happening it was exciting it kept you compelled to keep reading um i don't know um 
a big complaint I had about a couple of like YA fantasies is they're big on atmosphere but not big on plot and not much happens. But with this, something happened every chapter. It was like a real page turner. And second of all, I loved the characters because they are, quite frankly, no one is a good person in this universe. And there's all kinds of, all shades of grey um, from a little morally ambiguous to just downright evil. Um, including our main character, who does some very questionable things um, in pursuit of power and, I guess, agency for herself. Um, I really liked this. I'm keen to dive into book two, um, which is The Wicked King. Uh, but in the meantime, I have two books <laughs> that I want to finish because I am reading three books at the same time. Or oh, two now. Um, so the other book that I'm reading is a debut novel that comes out in February next year. Um, it's called The Divines by Ellie Eaton. And our rep from Hachette sent this to me and said, Liv, I think you'll love this. Uh, I have a feeling she's going to be right. Um, it's set in a horrible posh boarding school in the 90s, and it flicks from the present to back then. Um, and it tells the story of this woman named Josephine who used to go to this school, um, St. John the Divine. And... The students that go to the school are awful. Um, they're all posh and they're rich. They're future CEOs, wives in training. Um, it's basically a glorified finishing school. And they just have horrible, they do horrible things like, you know, they have a way of flicking their hair and like being generally awful to everyone in the town. Um, and they call each other by male nicknames. Um, so Josephine is called Joe when she's at school. And it tells the story of the last fateful year of this boarding school, uh, which culminated in the death of an unpopular girl in the school. Um, and it's just kind of retracing through a series of flashbacks and flash forwards just what happened in that last year. I've been trying to think of a way to describe it, and the only thing I can come up with is St. Trinian's meets Dead Poet Society, which is not at all sophisticated. Um, and finally, I, it's ironic that we talked about this book earlier, um, but it was sitting on my iPad for months and I hadn't picked it up yet, despite the fact that everyone said it was amazing. And that's uh, The Last Migration by Charlotte McConaughey. So I'm finally reading that one and I am already hooked. It's beautiful, I'm loving it. Yay, that's great <laughs> news, I'm thrilled. I know you've been singing its praises a lot, Ben. So it's uh, it's good that it's good that it's it's reaching out and getting into getting into more more readers' hands, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, Liv. Thanks for these. Uh, thanks for those book recommendations. I love it. Another whole bunch of books to be added to my to read to be read pile. It grows and grows and grows. Um, so we are now at that stage of the show where it is time to dust off the gloves and get ready for an intense battle for book supremacy that we like to call a book fight. <laughs> I, um, I just want to put a bit of a disclaimer in. I think this is going to ruin my reputation. I've built my <laughs> reputation on knowing about literature, being an English teacher, and I listened to this podcast and listened to all those questions and I got one point. So I just want to let you all know, totally comfortable with zero here, guys. I, I, will, I will take it. Well, you have an advantage. My internet keeps cutting out, Danny. So <laughs> <laughs> there's been several times where I have buzzed first, and it just has not been heard by Nick. Look, I can only I can only go with what so I hear, you. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. 
but uh, yeah, it's uh, you're in you're in good hands though, Danny. L- Olivia usually dominates everyone, but uh, okay. it's it's it'll be I'll be curious to see what happens this particular time around. But before we begin, uh, I will get a buzzer word from every single one of you, and I'll throw to you first, Danny. What shall your buzzer be? Oh, let's go, nerds, shall we? Oh yes, I love it. <laughs> um, Ben, what shall yours be? Uh, summer. Summer. Yay. That's a great one. I like that. Um, and Liv, what shall yours be? Ooh, I'll go divine. Divine. Yeah. Divine like summer nerds. Oh, that's us. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the vibes from, uh, from these buzzers here. So please shout them at me as loud as possible. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping I get to shout one out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let's go. Let's play. A book fight. Question one. Name the book with this opening line. I begin writing the first sentence and trusting to Almighty God for the second. Oh. <laughs> oh. I thought you said this was easy. <laughs> um. Don't worry, there are a lot. Oh, there are a lot easier questions in in, in the list here. I'm just being I'm being very cheeky with this one. Um, I feel like I have read that though. That's what's annoying about it. But my mm-hmm. brain doesn't work in trivia; it sort of shuts down. <laughs> it's a very, it's this a is very, the problem, very... right? Even mm. when you know the answer, you can't say it. Um, can we have a can we have a clue? Mm. Um, yes, it is a an older book, and it's uh, it's been adapted many, many, many times as well oh would it be something like crime and punishment or no. notes from the underground um, no unfortunately mm, do i, I have any up. do i have any takers no do i have any takers Mm-mm. the answer is it's the life and opinions of tristram shandy gentleman oh, by lawrence stern is the answer. doesn't the first sentence of tristram shandy run for like a mile exactly it does <laughs> I had to... so you so you only you only did i only that, used okay. the first i only used the first bit because for, for very obvious reasons okay yeah. well, that's most... a good start guys we're all on zero <laughs> yeah well, right even, even playing field this is this could be a bloodbath don't worry <laughs> it's okay question two who won the 2020 prime minister's literary award for children's fiction who's Divine. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. oh um, it was crap. Camille Milligan, <laughs> Jasmine Seymour, and Leanne Mulgo Watson. Exactly. Correct. And the All actual right. extra point was two bonus points are on offer if you can name the title of the book and the illustrator, but you beat you beat me with the buzzer. That's three points, Liv. Well done. Oh. oh. Off to a flyer. I see her in the distance. Someone <laughs> cut off, someone cut off Liv's internet connection. Because she's no. like, <laughs> I was going to use that as my excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Question three. Which former president recently released the first of two memoirs published about... (laughs) I I heard everyone first. That was just white noise. I have no idea who was first. So I'm going to throw it to Danny. (laughs) Oh, God, I hope I'm right. Um, Obama. Correct. It is Barack Obama. Oh, my God, I got a point. That's all I wanted. All Um, I wanted. I just wanted one point. I'm going to go home now. (laughs) (laughs) yes so it is barack obama with promised land question four who is the only australian author to win the nobel prize in literature an extra bonus point is on offer if you can name the year they won it summer yep oh no 
Nobel Prize in Literature. Nobel Prize in Literature. Oh. It's not Jam and Katia, is it? No, unfortunately, it's not. Technically, he he is Australian now, but when he won it, he was South African. Doesn't count, so it's it's not technically oh, counted. But there is one Nicholas. No, there is one Dude. man who was a hundred percent Australian when he won it. Oh um, man, would it be? Um, there's your clue. There's your clue. It's a man. Morehouse. No, unfortunately, it's not. No. Um, yep. Oh, I've got two possible answers here. I'm going to go with. Andrew Patterson? No. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, what's your, what was your second one? Your Peter second Carey? One. No, unfortunately it wasn't. Um, Danny, I'll throw this to you. You can have, have a guess. Who do you think it might be? Uh, I know this sounds like an excuse, but I didn't even hear the question. Because <laughs> I went, like, Nobel what? Nobel what? So the question I'm is. I'm trying to pick up clues about Australian male. I'm like, I don't know. Was there a year thrown in there <laughs> okay so so the question is who is the only australian author to win the nobel prize in literature and an extra bonus point is on offer if you can name the year they won it oh jeez. um uh patrick white you are absolutely correct oh. it is patrick white oh. Oh. That's a very good guess. Oh. it was ages ago ages ago so i i don't know 1970 something Oh, you were so close there. It was 1973, but I'll give you a point for that. Well, well you, done. When you say like a whole decade, when you go 1970-something, like, you know. like, when, when you, when you were saying 1970, for all of our listeners, my eyes were just going wider and wider. She's getting it. She's getting close. And then I failed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty good considering I didn't even hear that question. <laughs> yeah, Nick, so I'm still on zero. You're still on zero, Ben. Sorry. I just wanted to get that count again. Thanks. <laughs> you may have the chance to win it back with, uh, with this question right here. Question five. When is the theatrical film based on Jane Harper's The Dry released uh, in summer. cinemas? Yep. Oh, New Year's Day. Divide. New Year's divide. Day. No, 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 Liv. Uh, ben beat me. Ben beat you to it. He did not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a book fight. I love this. <laughs> Come on, just, just throw him Point. Yeah, I'm giving him a point. I'm giving him a point. I need this, Olivia. Come on. Like, you can win. She does dominate. She's feisty. I'm scared. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I gave up team sport. I turned into a total cow. You should take up, like, um, roller derby. That's pretty... Get your aggression oh, out. I should. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Her Majesty's coming out again. It's terrifying. Okay. Question six. And I know these, these questions are Liv's favourite. Oh, um, for three points, name this author. And a bonus two points are up for grabs if you can name the author before I mention the name of their first book. Uh-huh. Who am I? And don't say Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? I was born in Dalby, Queensland in 1966 and was the ninth of 10 children. I grew up on a wheat farm and was schooled in Dalby and then in Morris College Ashford Summer. in Brisbane. Yep. Um, <laughs> David Maloof. No, unfortunately oh. it's not. <laughs> that was going to be epic if you got that. <laughs> no, it, you're, you're close, but no. I commenced an arts degree at the University of Queensland, but dropped out halfway through in 1985 to return to, to the family farm where I commenced, 
where I commenced writing my first novel, which I never published. I then, sp I then spent the next few years working in a variety of jobs until 1991, when I finally returned to writing and this time published my first novel, Praise, which became a landmark book in the grunge literature movement. I followed it up with a prequel. In hmm? can, I, can I have another guess? Yes, you can. I've got to remember his name now. Uh, it was very tragic. He, he died uh, past year. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten his name. What? 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 Nerds? Yes, what's yes. My, what's my thing? I've forgotten it. It was okay. nerds. It was nerds, but I'll give it to you. What's, yes. What's my buzzer? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe we can have a joint joint point because I can remember he's Andrew. Yes. Andrew. Yes. McGann. Andrew yeah. McGann. That's the correct answer. That oh, boy. We'll gi I'll give you both a point. I'll give you both a point. Teamwork. Teamwork. I, I apologize to Andrew McGann's ghost. <laughs> Well, he... he I did he was compare a... him to Frank Morehouse. I think he'd like... Oh, not Frank Morehouse. What did I say before? David Maloof. David Maloof. It's not disrespect. It's the, the pressure of this trivia. Gets to your brain, Ben. <laughs> I, feel like I feel so evil. I feel like I'm, like, handing out pain to you guys. It's just... Know, I'm going to have to have, like, three oh. chamomile teas after this. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, don't worry, Ben, because uh, I'm sure Andrew McGann wouldn't mind at all. He achieved a hell of a lot in his life, including winning the Miles Franklin Award for his book, The White Earth. So a very, very well-lived life and fantastic author. Question seven. So we are now, we've got two questions left after this question. And currently it's very, very close. Currently, <laughs> Olivia and Danny are equal on three points. Ben is on two. Ooh. Yeah, no, Ooh. it's very good. No idea how I did that. <laughs> own it own it own it honey uh, Danny uh, just let's have a strategy here let's let Livia win <laughs> Question we you win. I have to go back to the office with her she'll destroy me <laughs> okay question seven in the best-selling series the Hunger oh. Games no. how did Katniss's father die oh oh divine yep was it um, was Sorry, uh, could you say that again, Liv? I didn't hear because, sorry. I was that... making a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Liv. Yeah. Was it, a, it was a mine explosion. Yes, it was. Correct. Definitely How was. I, I haven't read that since you. All right. <laughs> this is such a cold detail. <laughs> that's the point. It's meant to be like, that's what. Trivial. Trivial. It's, it's, it's book fight. All right. Question eight, and this one is specifically designed to piss off Liv. No. Oh, no. Which Bronte, just... sis which Bronte sister wrote oh. this line? Oh. Bonus, point, bonus point on offer if you can name the novel as well. It is a pity that doing one's best does not always answer. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Words, Emily. Emily? No, it's not Emily, unfortunately. I had a 50 <laughs> Divine? Um, is it Anne Bronte? No, it's not. Oh, it is not Anne Bronte. And um, Anne Summer? Yep. I'm going to take a, a wild guess at Charlotte. <laughs> you would be absolutely correct. It is Charlotte Bronte. Well done. Oh, I, I don't know what novel it was. Was it um, The Hunger Games or was it Catching Fire? <laughs> not sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> um, it was Jane Eyre was the answer is where that line is Never from. heard of it. Never heard of it either. 
I'm more of a white Sagasso safe guy. <laughs> All right. We are on to our last question. And no, no, no. This is our last question. This is our last question. And to this, the death. And to be honest, he, if anyone gets this, you will win. Because currently Olivia is on four points, Danny is on three, and Ben is on three. And this last question is for four points. Oh. Wow. I love this. Must be hard. <laughs> Bring for it. Four, for four, okay, last question. For four points, name the author and title of this book. Emma Lewis and Travis Bell, two teenagers with valuable skills, are recruited to interview convicted juvenile killers. What? No, it's nerds, 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 nerds. Yep. <laughs> None shall sleep. Yes, by? Ellie Marnie. Ellie yes, Marnie. correct. Well done. That is good. As soon as you said Travis Bell went, wait, I know this, I know this. Yes, because uh, you recently spoke to her on the Words and Nerds podcast. Oh, thank you. I think you cheated for me there. I think I needed it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end of Book Fight. Let's have a look at the scores. And oh my goodness gracious me. Olivia finished with four points. Ben with three. Danny, you go way out ahead and win with not with eight points. Congratulations. Not rigged at all, but I'll take it. <laughs> No, it's all it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, well done, guys. That was a that was a very intense edition of book fight. Nice and I feel close. Very stressed. I feel the stress in my jaw. I feel it. <laughs> Sorry, Liv. The well deserved win. Yes. Yeah. And a well deserved <laughs> loss. <laughs> I'm being gracious now. <laughs> well, it's the stress it was... of the game. It gets to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the mo- you like the- end this all future book fights. Not disgraceful. To, I, I knew she. I knew you were trouble the minute we ever we did our first ever recording of it because suddenly we we asked the first question and your your um your buzzer was blueberries I recall and you just <laughs> you just bellowed this like I know the answer blueberries and I knew, and from that moment I knew that we had something. Yeah. Something, something was. Something now you're was lying on the cold, hard ground. <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Great, great buzzer name, blueberries. I couldn't even remember <laughs> my buzzer name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so so oh, that'll bring. Now, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much, everyone. This brings us to the end of our show. Um, and a special thanks to Danny for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on book fight and chatting books with us. It's uh, thank you so much for coming out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. I'm always up for talking about books and the books that you guys have recommended. Oh, I'm taking two weeks off from reading for the podcast. So I'm going to have to pick those ones up. I think <laughs> no rest. <laughs> thank mm. you. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure having you and uh, for everyone listening, please, please, please go and check out the Words and Nerds podcast uh, where Danny has sat down with the likes of, at least recently, Ellie Marnie, Jack Heath, Matthew Riley, and many, many, many more. Go and check out that pod- uh, her Words and Nerds podcast. Thanks as well to Ben and Livia as well for coming on. Uh, much appreciated. The Weekend Booktopian uh, is produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out a wide variety of episodes on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels uh, where you can check out our most recent interview with Alexander McCall-Smith. Um, alternatively, if you're listening to this on, you- on YouTube, uh, be sure to check out our most recent Booktopia TV interview where we sat down with Help Self author uh, Tanya Hennessy. And that'll bring us to the end of this episode of The Weekend Booktopian. Thanks for listening and never stop reading. 
Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au